This is the Jeremiah intervention <laughs> episode. That's what. I, that's why I don't like Wait, it. Why? It's because of the intervention I, episode. I love it. I love it. That's why I'm not liking this. No, no, I love it because you know why. I think we're doing this. Ba 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 ba. That's what this podcast is. Wherever we go with it, I will bot da 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 da. I'm loving it right behind you. Wow. Okay. Yep. You're gonna steer the ship. Oh yeah, you're gonna be my gonna be my my first mate today. Oh. Yep. Great. You good or what? Yeah, I'm good. Heck yeah. I'm in the chair. I feel like I'm in a space command center. Okay. It's just so... Yeah, so... It's like intense here. Right. There's is so it? much equipment. There is a lot of equipment here. Yeah. Yeah. Anything's possible. And also the 10-person crew in here is... I know. It's making it a little claustrophobic. Yeah. Something about being in a man's garage and having him say, okay... Sit, do anything you got to do, and then pulling the garage door down. <laughs> That's why I always warn my guests. It's traumatic <laughs> as a young woman. That's why I warned you, because I didn't want to just be like, shit. Yeah, you're like, oh, I'm in the back. All right, say goodbye. You got all, you're all set? All, all right, right, I'm going to pull the garage door down. Now clap for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So I was kidnapped, and he made me clap, and he made me do 70 episodes of a podcast. I know. I went to the bathroom. There's all these, like, baby toys. There's no baby in sight. <laughs> <laughs> My wife, uh, that's where that's where bath time is right now for the baby uh-huh. in that bathroom. It looks, is it like a condominium? Uh, so it's a it's a duplex where uh, we've got neighbors uh, upstairs. Oh, okay. Who yeah. lives upstairs? Um, you know him. <laughs> Have you seen the movie Duplex? No, I haven't. It's all about, it's the reason I asked the question, is all about there's this old woman who lives upstairs. I think I have seen that with movie. With Ben Stiller. Yes, I have seen that movie actually. And she like. She's so annoying, I think. Oh, she's horrible. And then she dies, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like, they're wanting her to die for the longest time, and then she does, and I think that, then they're sad about then it. When she finally dies, it's like, wait, why did we want her to die so bad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of the, the whole yeah, story quiet, of the film. Yeah, it's quiet, like, all the time. It's like, hmm, okay, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. our lives are pretty boring, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we don't have anything to bug us or complain about. Exactly. I forget who was the woman that played Ben Stiller's wife in it did they kill her in that movie i think they were planning on it and then she died of natural causes right so this is the famous movie where ben stiller (laughs) and his girlfriend want to kill the old woman who lives upstairs they're plotting her murder Uh and when she dies they're bummed yep i can't believe that's a real movie it's a real movie and we've both seen it the fact that we've both seen it that's the more impressive thing i in fact i've seen it many times why now okay is it one of those movies that was readily available to you where you have it on dvd or why yeah it was one of the movies when i was a child that yeah it was one of like the seven dvds we had access to yeah so there were like a few movies that we just watched on repeat it was duplex it was Barbershop 2. I've never seen number one. You've only seen Barbershop 2? I've only seen Barbershop 2. How many times do you say you've seen Barbershop 2? Upwards of 25. Are you serious? Yeah. That's amazing. Barbershop 2, Duplex, Keeping the Faith. Oh my goodness. Did you okay, remember can that? You, oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Conti- I only had Ben Stiller movies. Continue with <laughs> this collection of movies. This is fascinating to me. Keeping the Faith, um, a movie called Chasing Stripes about mm. a zebra. Okay. I had, there had to be other movies. For some reason, I'm only thinking of those four. Okay. Well, speaking of garages you were trapped in as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I grew up in room. Yeah, yeah exactly. These are... These are the only movies uh, ever made, right? Hello, wall. Hello, hello DVD. Hi. Hello, DVD number three. <laughs> yeah, I know. Movie three. <laughs> Movie three. Can we play today? Yeah, I know. Wow. Okay, so why did you have, why those movies specifically? Because that is such a, a very, very specific group of movies. And also, 
not the same kind of comedy at all. Like yeah. at all. No, and you know what? I actually, the other one was Jerry Seinfeld stand up. I'm telling you for the last time. Or what is that? Or was that the name of it? Uh, no, it's not. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Whatever. Yeah. One of Seinfeld's specials. One of Seinfeld's specials. Yeah. It was like, my parents didn't, I don't know if we went into like Best Buy and like we each were allowed to pick out a movie, maybe. Oh. And then those were just the movies we had for like that 20 years. Make, that makes sense. <laughs> that could have been it. Yeah. And it could have been maybe like one of the movies they owned that we, no, why would they own these? No. Did you ever go to Blockbuster as a kid? Yes. I, okay. I loved going to Blockbuster as a kid. Um, It was an event. It was amazing. I remember, oh God, it was so fun. You, first of all, I would go, I remember there was always this one, I grew up closeted and I remember there was one movie um, called uh, Imagine Me and You and mm -hmm. the cover is two women in wedding dresses holding hands behind the groom. Yeah. And I remember always seeing that movie and wanting to rent it. Sure. But if I picked it up, I like didn't want to out myself to my mom. Oh. So like in Blockbuster, I would like pick it up and like look at it and be like, I wonder what that one's about. Like every time. Oh, you kept trying to add, like hint to your mom like, okay, honey, yeah, this looks interesting. Or like accidentally be like, oh, wait, I didn't know that was about like lesbians. <laughs> like creep grabbing lesbian right. porn by accident. Right, right, right. But I thought they were just friends. <laughs> mom, I heard about this website. Um, have you heard about it? <laughs> exactly. Like, do you want to put it on? <laughs> exactly. That and was then leave so the room. fun. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Seeing the DVDs or the, the VHS, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. VHS and DVDs, for sure. Oh, my God. I would always watch Night Shift. Night Shift. What was that one? That was about a pimp. Yeah, I don't know about if I know that one. And it was like some really hot scenes, and I would always watch it when I was homesick. Yeah. <laughs> homesick. I was like homesick, getting like yeah, yeah. super hot in my mom's bed watching this movie. <laughs> I was like seven. Yeah. You get like so turned on when you're little. And you don't know what it is. You're, you're just, just like, like, I'm so into this. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I used to have, I mean daily so many boners as a kid me too yeah exactly like literally i would just be like you just feel so and it's like you you don't express it no, you're just like <laughs> it's just like all pent up and just like weird like it'll come out in like weird bursts of emotion in other ways and stuff like that it's so frustrating yeah and it's just like frustrating is a key word as yeah. a youth like you're like i just don't know what's happening or why i feel or what's going on totally yeah totally i remember like watching Jerry Springer because it was on during the day when I was home. Yeah. And like something about that felt taboo because they'd be like, and she fucked him. And they'd like bring people out. And I was like, oh my God, no one can see that. I like, this no. is insane. This is insane. It felt really wrong. But I loved Blockbuster. Yeah. What, Blo did, what did you get? Oh, Blockbuster. I remember this one time uh, I wanted to rent um, Black Sheep uh, with Chris Farley and, and David Spade uh, at Blockbuster mm -hmm. because my friend had never seen it. And it was one of those things where I was like, how have you never seen Black Sheep? Are uh -huh. you kidding me? We have to rent it tonight. This friend of mine, because uh, I grew up religious, uh, this kid's family was also very religious, like even more so than mine. Yeah. Like to the point where my family, like if it was comedy, like you know how like with certain religions and stuff, like, like well, with the, pretty much every religion they bend the rules kind of to what works, works for, for you you know yeah. what i mean yeah like if my my family a lot of times is like if it's funny i mean you know you know maybe the lord would be okay with that. <laughs> you know what i mean like that kind of mentality. they never said that but that was the kind of the energy behind is it. like but it's so funny and harmless it, uh, we'll be all right that that's kind of a thing. great energy no it's a for sure i no. love that part yeah. of the religion yeah <laughs> exactly exactly yeah so my mom mainly was like, if it's funny, like we're gonna watch it. Like, but my dad would be the one where like, he wouldn't let me watch like The Simpsons at times and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. He would go, he'd have religious ebb and flows mm -hmm. where he would be super hard in the paint. And then other times like, just so like out of the woodwork, like we're partying, you know, like. Right, so because different. it's what works for, it's what you rationalize to yourself. You yep. can like tolerate. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. So we rented Black Sheep and uh, there, it's a PG-13 movie. Uh-huh. And you're only allowed one F word back in the day. I think it's still one F word. The rules of PG-13 yeah, is yeah, one the, F word. One F word. Oh, you get one F bomb and that's it. 
because rated R, there's two F bombs plus, and yeah. then, and it gets the the you know the language rating. Yeah. Uh, so we rented that, and uh, they said they were saying like, you know, some swear word or something, and the dad walked in while that was going on. He goes, "If I hear one more swear word in this entire movie, I'm yanking it out of the VHS player." And I was like, "Oh no, I don't, I don't know, like." Like he's probably going to hear something at some point. Like I just like the movie, so I'm not really thinking about it. Yeah, you didn't do the stats. You didn't the, run the numbers. I know I didn't crunch the numbers. What was I doing? Yeah. While he's in the room, no. During that 30 seconds, the one f bomb in the movie plays, and he's like, "Get it out of there! Get it out!" And I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, and so like my friend never saw the rest of it. Hopefully wow. he did to this day. Hopefully he re-rented it. Why did you know so many super religious people? Why did I know so many? Were you in a religious school? Oh, yeah. It was Catholic? Uh, private Christian. Private Christian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, all my friends, I've always lived, I've always lived my life on both sides of the track. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, li I like, so I, I went to a private Christian school, but then I played soccer with the kids at public school. So Whoa. I literally was, you know what I mean? Kind of yeah. doing that dance between uh -huh. camps. What like, was the guys, I'm cool with everybody, guys. Don't worry about me. I'm just doing my thing out here. Yeah. You know? Was there anything that um, shocked you about the public school soccer kids? Were they like doing stuff that you were like, what? Uh, just more so like how they talked about girls and stuff like that was uh -huh. way different. It, it just like so shockingly different from the way like a private, like, like private Christian school kids would be like, well, I, I, I mean, I'm not comfortable discussing like, you know, what, like, you know, like, but then you'd always get edgy kids, Anna, that would be like, dude, she's got tits or, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. That's like awkward. Like you're like, oh, yeah. Like you'd laugh along. Yeah. Uncomfortable. Yeah. And then public school kids just, they would just say whatever they want. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It almost makes me feel like, I mean, I do think people should be able to say whatever they want, but isn't it like a little bit of a more respectful culture than to have children being more like conscientious about their language? Well, that's the thing. The private Christian school thing taught me the best manners. You know what I mean? Of like with comedy, I think you can use like if you're trying to be offensive, you can use that as a tool rather than just being crass to be crass. Yeah. Like I really don't swear in my stand-up but I'll, I'll paint very graphic visuals and I, th I feel like it's a more creative way rather because it still happens all the time where people come up to me after the show for some people it still matters they're like I appreciate that you don't really swear in your act mm. and I'm like I was talking about jizzing and stuff you know what I mean yeah totally but they, it's like trying to not purposely offend somebody and letting them come to you yeah that's kind of how I kind of see it i get that do you attribute the fact that you had that upbringing though to the fact that like when i think about comedians the picture that comes to mind about male stri straight guy comedians mm -hmm. is not you you come off as respectful you're in a committed relationship you have a child mm -hmm. these are all things that like a lot of comedians are like energetically not inviting into their space right w would you say stereotypically when when you think of of uh male comic you think single Bouncing from relationship to relationship and yeah, never wanting kids kind of thing? Uh, never wanting kids or just when you interface with them, at least as a woman, they are off-putting. Oh, really? Offensive, rude. How, how um, just from over the years of doing stand-up like in different scenes and stuff, that's like uh, a normal that you find? They Yeah, they're just like really like, e they have this weird ego even with like, yeah, they're just not really kind. Interesting. I mean, yeah. some some are, but a lot of the a lot of men are not in comedy. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's some bad apples of us in the group. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So it's interesting yeah. though that like you did have that upbringing, and we're making I'm joking about it, but it's like yeah, look, you seem you're nice. <laughs> oh, I mean, at the end of the day, like I nice and positivity for me is like I treat that like with a lot of respect. Like yeah. I'm like if people are nice. And they're positive. I usually want them in my life. Totally. You know what I mean? Totally. They can literally be like somebody who is not even, and this sounds crazy, but they they could be not as strong of a comic mm -hmm. as someone who is a dick and kills. And I'm like, I don't want that person in my life. 
A hundred percent. Like, I just want to be surrounded by good people that's like, they'll they'll figure it out eventually. Yeah. And if they're hardworking and stuff, it's like, okay, it might take them a little bit longer. But yeah. those are the people that you want to, like, establish relationships long-term with where you're like, I knew that person when they weren't funny at all, but they were trying really hard and they worked really hard. And now they're one of the greats. It's like, I feel like that happens a lot in comedy where it's like that marathon mentality where the relationships and the hard work eventually pay off. Yeah. It might not be, you know, like the fastest route, but it's, I think it's the most fulfilling as far as like with surrounding yourself with people who are like our good quality people. It, I totally agree. And it reminds me of, um, Neil Gaiman has a, I don't know if it's a saying, but he talked about how there's, there's three things you can be in when you're pursuing a life in the arts. And he's like, you can be really good. You can be on time and you can be nice, uh, kind to people. And all you need to be to, to be successful, successful is to be at least two of those things. And he's like, if you're kind and you show up on time, people will excuse the fact that you're not that great. Wow. If you show up on time and you're amazing, people will excuse the fact that you're not that nice. And if you're kind and you're amazing and you run a little late, you'll be fine. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, just hit two of the three. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good advice. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Who's this Neil Gaiman guy? He's an author. He did um, fucking the book. What's it called? Our City of Gods? No. You tell me a blockbuster plot <laughs> with Neil Gaiman. Well, this is, yeah, no. God, I remember how, let me look it up. I remember how blockbuster smells. Do you? Yes. There was a very specific plasticky smell. Exactly that. American Gods. He wrote American Gods. He wrote The Sandman. He wrote Coraline. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. He's a famous author. Okay. I have to look them up. Yeah. Okay, check it out. Check it out, fine. <laughs> That's my Hit bad. The link in the bio. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Description <laughs> below. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, it had that smell. And remember the drop-off window where you would like put the movies in this, like that like yes. vagina of the blockbuster? <laughs> put it in a slit. It felt good. <laughs> yeah, make the blockbuster come. <laughs> <laughs> it just comes like uh, the film reels. like. <laughs> it's <laughs> like oh what is going on with this it's like this is like a woman smoking behind there's like don't look at me yeah. <laughs> oh my god yeah that was w fun. wasn't there something uh kind of relaxing about I, for me i really enjoyed watching the employees rewind the tapes oh god like i would try to remember to rewind like usually we were good about rewinding because it was always like be kind rewind because so it wouldn't take them time but while i was checking out there's always a uh, a girl or a guy like a teenager like and i'll just watch it like this is the coolest job they just get to rewind these tapes all day i can't believe that i just remembered that that was a thing yeah was that a specific device other than a, like a vhs player that you hit rewind on was there like a rewinder there was there yeah. was separate like hardware for the rewinders Oh my God. Yep. Yeah. My that, grandma had one that was like, a it's reminder? like twice the speed of your VHS player. Whoa. <laughs> right. Yeah. It just cycles it through. Yep. Wow. Your grandma had one. So she was a really rich woman. Yeah. She had pencil sharpeners too. So. Whoa. Electric? Nope. Oh. She had it bolted to the wall. One of those metal Remember cranks. that in school? Yeah. <laughs> Can I go sharpen my pencil? You go to the side of the room. It's like by the fire hydrant. It's like. Oh, <laughs> that was like the kid's version of needing a cigarette. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, hey, can I just, I, I really need to sharpen my pencil right now. Oh my God. That's so accurate. <sighs> oh, this feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And then you hit that chunk every once in a while. You're like, <laughs> Oh, fuck. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> start up. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Once in a while, your teacher might have like a battery operated one on her desk. You just go over there and like jerk it off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're like, I got four. Can I do four at once? You mind if we go for a minute? You're like, I got to sharpen all these. <laughs> Did you ever have that kid in your class that would um, sharpen it like just because he could, like down to the thing, like oh. all the way down? Like he'd just be like, Right. You're like, what are you doing, Josh? Yeah, Josh, there's other people in line here. Yeah, they like make it really short and like it's to the point it's like not practical. And you're like, dude, nobody can write like, <laughs> like <laughs> I know, this. totally. But you want to test the limits at that age. Oh, of course. And you still do. You, you know, want to see what's possible. You want to see if it catches on fire. Yeah. <laughs> if, if the school fire alarm finally goes off for a practical reason and not a kid pulling it. Oh my, remember fire drills? Yeah. Just going, I loved them. 
Just to get to go outside. I didn't like standing outside. Mm. I was one of those those people who was just like, like, oh, we're going on an adventure? Cool. Yeah. No, I guess that's fun. It right? is fun to be like, yeah, the alarm goes off and it's like, all right, it's a drill. How yeah. often did they do those? Well, we had, because um, I'm from Kansas, we had tornado drills as well. Did you, where did you grow up originally? Connecticut. Connecticut. Did you have anything that was like not? Fire drill? Not fire. School shooting drills. See, we did not Lockdowns have those. for bombers. Oh. Yeah. See, yeah, we did not have those. We were at the start of that craziness. Yeah. That was in 2000. Like, when I was in high school, we were doing lockdowns, and that was in, like, 2009. Okay. What year did you graduate high school? 2011. Gotcha. Because we were a class of 2011. We bring hell. <laughs> that was, like, the saying that they did. It goes hard in the paint, man. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. We yeah. bring hell. I remember that. And everyone would go like this to hold up devil ears. We were 11. Like, we were like Ls. nightmares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. We didn't bring any hell. No. You brought a lot of heck. We brought a lot of heck. I remember yeah. actually we had in eighth grade, on our eighth grade graduation, because we were going to high school. That mm-hmm. was our middle school graduation. Yeah. My entire class actually threw a food fight in the cafeteria. Was it so epic? Like in the movies, a food fight. Everyone, every, someone just went up and screamed, food fight. And everyone stood up and started throwing food. It did, was insanity. How involved did you get? I actually, I was so upset that I went to the bathroom to hide. Because there was so much food. I didn't want food on me. Yeah. There yeah, was yeah. so much food. And then we, the whole rest of the day was canceled. And they sent us all to the gym and we all had to look at the wall for hours until, until school ended. Even though you weren't involved in it. Every single person in the school. And it's funny because it's not funny, but it's interesting the way like there's like rules in school, but like they're not laws, but like the teachers are like basically allowed to like you sign off on that handbook. That's like the teachers can do anything to you. No, there is a little bit of a martial law mentality with teachers. Like there's like, hey, we can't legally tell you to dis that you can discipline kids in this way. But like there are some loopholes along the way. Right. Yeah. Like I always was. When teachers would like that, I remember being like, can you really legally make me like look at this wall for three hours? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't they that insane? They can't touch you, but they can do some weird mental warfare with you. And they do. Yeah. Did you have any teacher punishment? Ooh. Um, not well. In Christian school? At this church camp I did that was strange. <laughs> You're going to hell. Yeah. Well, that there's definitely mental warfare all the time with church in that. It's right. just like, if you do this, then you like X, Y, Z. Right. Because like, uh, I remember as a kid hearing that stuff like very, very little. Like I'd be like, they're like, if you do this, you're going to hell. And then they would paint the picture of hell, fire and brimstone and like all this stuff. So you're like terrified as that a little kid. so scary. Oh no, it's legitimately like terrifying because they're like... Already, like your parents are like, you know, if I count, if I count to three and you're not over here, then this happens. Okay. That's a logical, like, I know what's going to happen. My parents are telling me, but you add a factor of adding a kid's imagination to something mixed with a punishment that like you've like, it's a place where no one loves you. And it's a place where you're on fire at all times. The garage turns to fire. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's in a place in a world yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where you have no friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or Satan rules everything. Yeah. Welcome uh-huh. to 2011 hell. <laughs> <laughs> we bring hell. Yeah, we bring hell. We wow. bring hell the movie. Yeah. So what was the punishment though? The punishment was, this was like more of like a physical punishment uh, mm-hmm. at church camp because I, I might've gone uh, streaking at church camp with some other guys back in the day, uh-huh. some other campers, um, because that was the worst thing you could do at this camp was like Get show naked? skin. What? It was like no the, t-shirts? We could wear t-shirts that were supposedly supposed to be down to the elbow. And and the girls had to wear I'm sure they had skirts to cover everything. past the knee, like to the shin. That's so Christian. It's almost Jewish. It's almost Jewish. That's so religious. That's just me. Almost Jewish. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. And did you have to wear, the boys have to wear pants? Just... We weren't allowed to wear shorts. Pants only. 
and uh, and the the girls had to wear something uh, for sports called culottes. Have you ever heard of a culotte? Like a baggier capri. Exactly. Yeah, they're like big. They're giant shorts with like still a separation yeah. in them. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like parachute shorts. Right. Yeah. Wow. And so you you said, all right, I hear you, and I'm going to get naked and run across campus. Pretty much, because I thought that, that was the funniest thing. It's like if this if that's the main thing to not do, it's like, oh well, let's get naked then. And you weren't thinking about hell at that point in time. No, I have this weird thing. This is the comedian inside of me. Like, if it's funny, I really rationalize stuff. Just like if your parents with the movies, right? If it's offensive, or but it's funny, I'm like, I kind of rationalize it. Yeah. Or if it's like like somebody will be like, dude, this will be fun. Like that got me in trouble a bunch in my youth. They're like, dude, this will be hilarious. Or dude, we'll film it. It'll be hilarious. Like I'm like, oh, all right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that kind of mentality. That's so funny. So we streaked at the church camp and what they made us do is they made us clean for hours. Mm. So at first we were cleaning toilets from the other campers. Ugh. All day, like all night, like for at, like from like, I'm talking about like, I'd say, I want to say one thirty in the morning till like almost 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. And like making us lay down on grass and stuff like that. Just what? like face down on grass. What? Yep. Weird stuff. After the cleaning? Uh, Before the cleaning, they would have us just lay down. They're just like, like almost like we were arrested. They're like, put your hands down at your sides. Face in the grass. Mm-hmm. Just look down at the grass. For how long? I don't remember. Can you breathe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like I was like, <laughs> I'm choking on grass. Like there's so many blades that are like, <laughs> I'm just a cow. Eat the cr- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that intense. Yeah. But then they made us clean for hours. Uh, the kitchen, the bathrooms, and uh, one guy, uh, one counselor was really upset because uh, I had a plunger and uh, I started like making like noises and stuff. I was like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. And then he's like this very like very strict guy. He's like, quit being dirty with the plungers. <laughs> How old were you? Uh, I was probably 12 or 13. Wow. Yeah. I'm surprised you would go there. Like even like being dirty with the plunger. That seems like it wouldn't have been in your repertoire at that point. It was one of the last years that I went to. Like I went there like until I was like, I want to say 14 maybe. And then that's when I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And your, were your parents okay with that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it was more my grandma. She was the one uh, that was like super religious out of everybody because she was like a pastor's, uh, a missionary's wife. So grandpa my, was a missionary. Grandpa was a missionary in the Cayman Islands. Yeah. Wow, there's a lot going on here. There's a lot going on. You're really, you're interviewing me a lot on the, which I'm okay with if you're okay with that. Oh, I was just interested. Okay. I, I think I get that a lot, that I ask a lot of questions. No, no, no. It's, it's fine. I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't over talking <laughs> with you as my guest on. No, I was just, do your guests already know all this? Um, some, some of it, uh, but not, not some of the specifics. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, this, I don't know why this is reminding me of this, but my middle school, when we were in seventh grade, we had a trip called Nature's Classroom. Nature's Classroom, okay. And we would go upstate New York for a week. And the pinnacle of the trip was a reenactment of the Underground Railroad. And what would happen is you would be woken up out of your bed and all told to look down and kind of walk as if we were all chained together. I think we might've all been holding a rope and they the teachers would pretend they were uh, slave owners and we were the slaves and they would walk us through fields and we would try and get on these like guys like pickup trucks that they had in these like cornfields and they would like take us to the north and then finally after like 90 minutes of this we would reach the north and get to run across this field and make it to freedom while teachers tried to catch us and stop us as a reenactment of slavery and it's since been shut down, the program. Has it really? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Now. It's insane. Quick question. How diverse was your class? We were all white kids. Oh, no. With. Oh, no. Two. Well, black, you said Connecticut. So, okay. Two black girls, one Latino kid. Now, looking back at that. 
do you think how do you think that they do you remember how they reacted to it like if they were like okay cool or or they were like kind of weirded out by it i can't really remember yeah i don't i remember thinking this is strange right this is weird i can't believe this is happening yeah but I also didn't have the tools to be like, wait, this is really inappropriate. The teachers that I trust are that like, takes I didn't a get lot it. of confidence <laughs> but as I didn't a kid even, to, to, to speak up like that. No, totally. But I didn't even click into the like the idea that my teachers could have been misguiding us was like unfathomable. Well, that's the whole thing with power dynamics, how like with kids and adults, like when 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 bad stuff happens, it's it's that it's like kids don't have that in them was like well why would they do something bad or to to hurt me yeah it's that like like why would you have any kind of disbelief if if you've only been around like a caring family or something like that and that's how sometimes kids get taken advantage of is because stuff like that where you're like oh i didn't know like i had no idea like i had friends i had a friend uh who, who um a couple friends that this happened to an older friend of theirs talk them as kids into giving an older teenager like a blowjob because they're like no every guy does this for other you know like to teach them you know what i mean like Wait, weird what? you know what i mean no okay your friends would tell older friends would tell your friends to give older other guys blowjobs to tell them so they got molested do you know what i mean boy you're two men Bo- two men boys and boys wow and and what was the purpose of that it was literally, I'm just saying like the power dynamic, like of, of people taking advantage of like wow. somebody who's like, if you're friends with somebody or yeah. your family, like they're like, oh, well, why would, why would that be? Yeah. I'm like, not going to not trust this. Yeah. Like why would he have any ill intent here? And then years later they're processing and they're like, oh, I got molested. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's really, I mean, that's weird. It's like, that's really heartbreaking. Oh, and- it's, I had a couple friends tell me that like, uh, involved in the church that they're like yeah that this happened to me i was like oh frick this is like crazy wow that stuff always comes up in church it does uh-uh. I, oh yeah whoops um yeah it's a it's a running thing uh especially i mean catholicism the most see how i'm like 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 brushing off like i mean ours wasn't as bad <laughs> i mean catholicism they still hold the title yeah. Shout out to Catholicism out there, <laughs> Hold, holding the belt down. Yeah, the loose pan. Belt. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, um, I'm I was gonna ask another question, but I'm holding back so that you can like do your thing. I feel. No, no. If you have another one, that's fine. I told you before we started the podcast. It's truly wherever this podcast yeah. goes and takes us. Yeah. Yeah. What was yeah. the question? I forget it now. Oh, uh, see, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have. Shouldn't have put that out there. Nope, it's all I was right. getting self-conscious about like me hogging time. Oh, you you hogging time on your podcast? Yeah. How is that a thing? I see some po- no, I see some podcasts where the the host Monopolies. doesn't know how to listen, and it and it drives me crazy as a listener. Oh, all right. They interrupt their guests, and I'm like, dude, it's your guest. Like we see you every week. Yeah. I hear you. I want to learn about Allie. Okay. For like that, that's my, that's where the self-conscious thing came into play. Got it. Not out of you, not out of me being like, oh, she's asking me a lot of questions. It's totally out of me being like, I just don't want to be that guy where like, we get it, Jeremiah. Okay. No, no, no. Not the experience. Yeah. Yeah. Not the experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we met originally at a very diverse show. Do you remember which show this was? Do you, uh, Laura Sogar's show? Yeah. That's right. We met, it was like in the back of a drag bar. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. What was happening there? I forgot. Some show that was going on, they had like a DJ there. Yeah. There was a drag show going on behind us. Yes. So inside it was like thumping music, but then you went outside and it was like an amazing comedy show. Yeah. I remember that. That was, was that pre-pandemic? No, it was height of pandemic. The height of the pandemic, I we visited, were performing at the drag show. Yes. Yeah. I visited New York um, in November during the pandemic. Mm. November of 2020. Wow. I uh, well, That's a risky time to visit. Oh, no, it was. Mm-hmm. 
I can't believe the pandemic's been going for going on for this long. I mean, yeah. It's like pretty wild. Over it. I know. I know. I know. Yeah, I don't like the the shows outside in New York. Like, especially around then, it's just it's too cold. I get really miserable. I had to um, even just visiting. I was like, man, these New Yorkers are going hard. Like, this is like I'm legit freezing right now. Yeah, it's too cold. I did uh, an outside show. Um, Soul Joel's amazing uh, venue on the mm-hmm. East Coast. One of theirs was outside uh, with heating lamps, and I they had me on one of the colder nights that was there. Yeah. Mid-set, I had to sit down next to the floor heaters to warm my feet up because my feet were getting so cold. Really? Was it an, Were you headlining? Mm-hmm. So oh I was doing an God. hour. So like, I ha- would never do that outside. So I'd ha- rather not do comedy. <laughs> so halfway through the set, I literally was like, guys, I'm going to heat up my feet right now, and I'll mm-hmm. tell you some jokes while I heat up my feet yeah. because everybody else had blankets and stuff. But I was moving around, and I'm very physical on stage, but only yeah. to a point in the cold. After the, a while, it's just like, dude, you need, like, direct heat on you. Yeah, no, that's brutal. I've had some experiences where, like, I really, I mean, I remember one time I thought I had, my my throat was sore. I was coughing a little, mm-hmm. but I was like, I could still perform. Right. And then I went to do a show. This was before COVID. I probably started spreading COVID. And I started coughing in the middle of my set, but it was, like, one of those coughs where, you, you ever like you're coughing and you're like, I know that like this person is just like watching me like cough, but I'm going to need like a full like three minutes like joke uh-huh. where you're just like you have to just like cough it out and you like cry and you can't breathe and you get water like your eyes are watering. And it's just so I started doing that on stage and it was like a 25 minute set. I remember. <sighs> and I was just like, I, I like I think I asked someone in the audience to like go get me water. It was just really uncomfortable. I like really wanted to get off stage. Yeah, that's um. I saw uh, I saw Sarah Silver- Silverman do something interesting on stage when she was performing sick once. Yeah. And this is years ago, and I just found it really interesting what she said. She, uh, she goes, excuse me, I have to blow my nose real quick. She told the audience, and she blew her nose, and she goes, when you're starting out doing comedy, you have all this adrenaline. And uh, when you're sick on stage, it won't show until you get off stage. But she, but she said, I've been doing comedy for 30 years or whatever she said. And uh, your adrenaline doesn't kick in the same way. So your body still functions how it does in normal everyday life when right. I'm on stage now. So she's like, so I need to blow my nose like you would. Right. And she just expelled it out for the audience. I'm like, that's so interesting. That is interesting. Because I've had some sets where I was deathly ill, like food poisoning, different iterations of, and stuff like that. Yeah. Do the show. As soon as I get off stage, <sighs> You know what I mean? And then I'm really sick again or I have a bad cold and then I blow it afterwards. But totally. Yeah. I, I yeah, I've had similar. I remember one time I was super sick. I don't know why I didn't cancel. Why are we not canceling? It's a whole thing. It's kind of like if you cancel, it's, someone might not like you. And I mean, you might like lose, you might like lose affection. It's like you might get you, rejected. No, it's like really frustrating because like at the end of the day, it's like, can everybody just like us? Like, <laughs> like that'd be really chill if like people just be like. I like this person. <laughs> I know. We're so deeply craving validation that we're like going on stage sick. I remember I went on stage sick. I got off. I threw up. Ooh. Yeah. And I was just fighting against it. Was when it I was flu on stage. or do, do you think it was food poisoning? It was like flu type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just like the extent I would go to not cancel because like you fight so well, hard and you're like, I don't want to lose Well, that's this. the thing. I think it's more that we claw so hard to get any kind of traction going that we don't want people to be like, I mean... Yeah, she canceled, man. It's it's just that like, oh, it's so. Yeah. I had one recently where um, I went to the wrong venue. I oh. ha- I was headlining. There's two locations uh-huh. in LA headlining the wrong venue. I was already late. Mm. Showed up late. It's dark, and I'm like, I call the guy, and he goes, "You missed it, man." I was like, "Oh." How late is late? I was like, well, they told me. I think I was like 10 or 15 minutes late to a headlining set. It was bad. Okay. Keep I never going. do this. You missed it. Uh. Yeah. I missed it. It was like all dark on the outside and like I apologized and I was like, so like, I was like, I'll make it up to you. So it's like, it's all good, man. Like there's just some people that came tonight to see you. I was like, uh, uh. <laughs> like it just kept like twisting. I was like, uh. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. my God. And it like wasn't a good enough excuse why I was late. So that added to it where I was like, I just wasn't keeping a track on my phone on time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I, 
I will allow myself to cancel on I'm in I feel comfortable in this place right now. I didn't feel this way when I started. I won't cancel on like a club show. Almost yeah. ever. Yeah. It would be a lot to get me to cancel on a club show. On like a produced book show, if something comes up, I feel okay moving it. But if it's if I'm making club a bigger is hard club that the hierarchy of like feeling like you're in there and i wouldn't fuck especially with that. like the seller and all that stuff it's like you work so hard to get in yeah. to those places yeah where it's yeah it's very difficult to, oh my god to move those. i can't imagine having to cancel like i, I felt SD bad like the other like last week i had to ask the town coordinator of the comedy store i overbooked myself at two spots i'm like you have me opening like can i go later tonight i'm really sorry like i hated even asking it's uncomfortable yeah yeah, comedians really have that problem of like just saying that they can't do it because they feel like they, I don't know what it is. It's like, I guess it's a fear of losing them, losing fa- losing favor, and then you lose everything. No, I think that there's a, a constant fear of losing everything with every comic. Yeah. I think that's like part of uh, the fiber of what keeps pushing us is like, if I stop, then this might all go away, which is a scary... <laughs> There's yeah. not, you know, I don't think as there's that many jobs out there that share that same like mentality. Like if I, if I take a night off, then, uh, why is that? Why do we have that feeling? Yeah. But why is it now a lawyer doesn't feel that way? Cause I think that they can rationalize they're on a salary or something. You know what I mean? Or yeah. they have a, like a number of allotted days of time off with it's acceptable. Yeah. We don't, we're not given to the beginning of the year. Like you get. Two weeks paid leave vacation. Right. That is non-existent in the entertainment industry. Right. So you're constantly, even when you do, like for me, like I, I'm admitted workaholic. When I take time off, I enjoy it to a certain amount of time. But after that, I start getting too much anxiety where I'm like, eh, I could really be doing some stuff right now yeah. that I know that I have piling up now. Like yeah. I can really, I'm very good. I've gotten better at it. My wife has helped me a lot with that over the years of being like, yo, you can slow down a little bit. Right. Like it's okay. Yeah. Negotiating the balance. Yeah. 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 That helps ground me a lot as a comedian, just having a wife. Just to, Oh my God. It's like, if I wasn't in a relationship, I would never be home. home. Right. Yeah. I would just. You need that person to be like, hey, this is, what you're doing is great, but it's not the entire picture. Yeah. I definitely work less in a relationship, but when I work, it's way more meaningful. Because mm-hmm. if I'm single, I'm just throw myself at it every yeah. single night. Yeah. And in LA, I've taken a bigger pause from, I've just done less stand up than in New York, but maybe that's the nature of it here. I mean, in comparison, it's always going to feel like less. Yeah. Like for sure. Because when I, when I go out and just visit New York, I'm like, oh my, I'm a real comedian. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Even though I do a lot of spots in LA, it's like, it's a, a different energy and different feeling. Like you feel like you're really chipping away at, at the material that you're working on a little bit faster just because you're getting up so much. Wig. Yeah. I eat squirrel. You eat squirrels? I feel like this person eats squirrels. <laughs> Okay, we're on to something. Wow, look at you. Yeah, Ron right? Weasley. I know, it's pretty Ron Weasley-esque. Harry. Harry, we must find Voldemort. And I'm like, those books are for queers. <laughs> what do you mean? Those books are for queers, what I said, Magic Aunt Royal. Um, I've never met anybody like you in Harry Potter before. What's your fruity accent, boy? What do you mean, my fruity This is just how I talk. You sound like a girl. What do you mean I sound like a guy? I'm just out here living my life. I can't understand a word you're saying. Listen, are you, are you the new person at Hogwarts that I'm supposed to, to give a tour to? Yeah, I'm Professor Watch Your Fucking Ass, twat. Okay, um, well, um, this is uh, the House Commons area. Um, you'll be staying in one of these rooms just uh, to the left over here. I ain't staying in one of these rooms, boy. Um, where would you prefer to stay? And are you, are you a professor or a student? I'm, I'm a, I don't know what a professor is. Okay, then I guess you're a student. I feel like that I'm starting to channel uh, Ruth Langmore. Have you seen Ozark? Mm. You've not seen Ozark? No, I've never seen it. It's, uh, you know, uh, Marty Bird. What's her name? Julia fucking the best. Such a good show. Ronald. Um, 
uh, I've heard of, I've heard it's a hit show, but yeah, yeah, I've never actually seen it. What do you think I look like? Who do you think I am? I mean, let's see here. You could possibly eat squirrels, but you could also. I think you could run a hot dog um, vending uh, company, like one of those uh, roller Seven Eleven type type things. Like a hot dog vendor. I'm a hot dog vendor? Like an independent hot dog vendor. And what's my name? Uh, I think Russell. Oh, I'm a man. I think you could be. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm Russell the man. <laughs> Russ's dogs. I keep Russ's think, dogs. I keep thinking Southern. I don't know why. This but, reminds me of lean my- Lean into that. Lean into that. This lean is, into the Southern. This is my Aunt Kathy, I think. Ooh. She- uh, Oh, I'm I'm just distorting myself. She has this haircut a little bit. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, Jared. Okay, so I'll be I'll I'll lean into my country then too. Okay. Since since uh, you're getting country vibes from that. I feel like I live in Florida. I live in Florida. You live in Florida? Yeah. Okay. I live in Gainesville, Florida. Gainesville. All right. Yep. Go Gators. You know what I'm saying? Go Gators. Go Gators. I love the Gators. I mean, who doesn't love the Gators? Yeah, Gators are the best thing. Go Gators. Go Gators. Go Gators. Gators for life. Yeah, I love Gainesville. I don't want to leave Gainesville, you know. Well, why in the hell would, would you, you ever leave, leave Gainesville? Yeah. yeah, why would you leave Gainesville? And we got pretty good sushi, y'all. Oh, people crapping on Florida sushi ain't ever tried Florida sushi before. We got like a bunch of rolls with a bunch of different things. It's pretty good. Have you ever had an alligator roll before? Mm-hmm. Mm, that's some good Tastes stuff. Tastes like chicken. It do, it do. It really do. Yeah. Yeah. I like how it tastes like chicken. And also, um, you know, we got... Have you ever tried a flamingo roll? Oh, no, I haven't. You're kind of pink. Do low, they have that at Tiger Bowl? A what? Do they have that at Tiger Bowl? What did you say? they have that at Tiger Bowl? A Tiger Bowl? Do they have that at Tiger Bowl or not? I had Tiger Bowl once at uh, Panda Express, but I don't know if that's the same thing you're talking about. Tiger Bowl is the place by our house. Oh, Tiger Bowl. Oh, that Tiger Bowl. The restaurant. The restaurant. Oh, yeah, the yeah. The restaurant. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought you were talking about like an item on a menu. Of course, it's been Tiger Bowl. Item on a menu is the Tiger Bowl. What's in the Tiger Bowl game? What's the, the Tiger Bowl menu? Nine pot. Uh, yeah. They got wing too, right? That's laying out. Uh-huh. Vegetable. Coleslaw. Randall. Yeah. Pepper. Oh, metal lot. Metal lot. Mm-hmm. Bull lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chicken ring fry. Chicken ring fry. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, we need more dirty yeah. fry. I had uh, first veggie I, I ever had celery. It was at uh, Tiger Bowl the other night. And then I will celery spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, but I never think about that no more, so. You don't think about Tiger Bowl no more? But I don't want to go to that. Why, why, how come you, why come in and I'm thinking about Tiger Bowl no more? Mind worry about Texas. Yeah. You been in a TGI Friday recently? Yeah. Yeah. What'd you get? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I wish they had Hush Puppet at TGI Friday. Oh, that was better than one of Yeah. You know, make it home. Listen, so like, um, what's new with you? I know, but I ain't feeling good, so I got a little antibody. Oh, really? But you get it at CVS? Yeah, because Mike don't work no more, so... Just walking around thinking anything I could do, I would. You dating lately? I'm married. Oh, that right. Yeah, she still good? There you go. Yeah, all right. When I to um, going to stay that way for when I want, whenever I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, been there. <laughs> <laughs> That's always fascinating to be a fly on the wall of those conversations where you're like, how are these people understanding each other? <laughs> Oh, at amazing. all right now I kind of felt like I understood you I understood you it's not weird yeah yeah I like there was only one out of like six where I was like I have no idea what she just said yeah yeah but I like definitely I knew exactly what we were talking about oh yeah 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 feels good mm, this also could be um right it could be like a project runway ask her <laughs> or it's reminding me of like uh, Trump's, uh, even though she doesn't look like this, but her wom- the woman that, like, a woman that does, t- speaks in tongues, speaking of that. Pentecostal. Yeah. Yeah. Of like, and when the Lord says no, and I want to go, 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 I
know what I mean? Oh, I, I know all too well what you mean. Right? Yeah. There's a woman, Um, I don't know if you've seen her, Opal Kobe. Opal Kobe. She was running for mayor in somewhere in the Midwest. Yeah. And she believed it was uh, her divine purpose. And when she would do her like, you know, campaign speeches, she would go into speaking in tongue. And you're going to vote for me. And I want to go. And this feels a little bit like that. Would uh, people get into it? I got into it. Yeah. Because it was it was so entertaining that I was like, yeah, this is fun. I mean, Um, one of the craziest uh, videos surrounded by a church that I've ever seen online. It's so ridiculous. Uh, It was it's like a viral video. Mm -hmm. But um, there was uh, this guy who was casting a sex demon out of a woman. Out out of her. Out of her. Mm -hmm. Like because this this demon was having sex with this woman like this evil presence mm-hmm. there's a black church and he is just going like like let me take it out of you like and he's like going she starts <laughs> spitting up like it's calm out of her mouth she's like <laughs> i was like what is happening right now is that ditch and what is that is she really frothing out so it's just spit she's just getting no, nervous she was saying that that was his like the demons like she was that was admittedly saying that that was like his load that was like coming out of her mouth and do you think that's all bullshit uh, yes i do yeah <laughs> yes a thousand percent i think there's a lot of um just like with any business i think that there's uh you know we're talking about good apples and bad apples there are people who know how to manipulate faith or it's the same thing as like like a shady agent in la they know how to manipulate people's dreams and desires and their wants and they know how to really tweak them uh in a way that where at the end of the day those churches those mega churches make tons of money right and it's huge tax write-offs and everything so like of course they're going to play to the people who are more weak-minded and desperate who believe in that yeah. so it's like you know i t- i still believe in god but i have a very different perspective from how i grew up and what religion is to mean i really don't like organized religion anymore because i feel like the the people are messing up what was intended for the message. Which oh at the God, end of, yeah. You know what I mean? Of which course. Which at the end of the day is more like a very simple, like just be a good person. That's what I'm just about. Like at the end of the day, regardless of what you believe, like w- whether there's a higher power or not, mm-hmm. like I, and also people pushing it on other people. That's a big thing in religion. Like you have to believe what I believe. And it's like, yeah, no, you don't. Right. You really don't. Right. Right. Are your parents still religious? They still, uh, my dad is still very like this. Uh-huh. Like one, one uh, week he'll be like going to multiple church services and then the other week he might be like, like partying again. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So like it's still kind of all over the place. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. It's like exploiting the the any sort of like moral value yeah of the entire operation right yeah but they believe i would and when i say that i mean people that want to enroll people in their religious beliefs that they are spreading good right yeah that's behind it and i think that um people just get caught up with um uh you know it's easy to get misguided when you are desperate for something to work in your life yeah because you're all of a sudden signs are presenting themselves do you know you know like i believe in good luck and good fortune and uh and uh i'm not a very superstitious person but i do believe every once in a while that things like align but i've met people over the years who are like well this must be a sign i'm like no I, you just are forcing you want a any, you'll take anything to you'll be take a sign. anything to be a sign yeah we should have this baby because you know what? The condom broke. It's like, what? Right. What are you? That's a sign right. from a higher power. The condom broke. So that was. You can make anything a sign. Exactly. Right. Here's your sign. Right. Here's your sign. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not a horrible way to choose to believe when you like demystify it, though. Like the idea that you want to believe that life happens for you is actually a great way to live your life. Mm. 
that like I'll take this and like use it to like sure make good choices, but then to pretend it's like divine intervention is like a little much for me. Yeah, a little bit too much. A little bit too much for me. It's my. a little bit too much. Yep. Well, unless the condom did break, and then, then that's then a sign. That's a sign from a sign. from up above that we're having number twelve. That's a sign. How do condoms even break? How do they break? Yeah, I I don't. I mean, you just must have. Have be, you ever had a condom break? I can't really think of one. Um, no, I had one that other than your baby. No, that was <laughs> that was intent. Yeah, that, that was intent behind that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the the only one that I've had is like kind of gross, like having sex for too long, and uh, the condom got too dry and started hurting. Uh, mm-hmm. So like that was like the like. That was the closest like to a, a, like a break, but I've never had it like, like where I'm having sex and then I'm like, oh, this is feeling too good. I've literally never had. Yeah. What is that? Like, or you take it or is it you take it off after and there's like a, it like ripped. Yeah, a I guess tear? so. But I mean, maybe there's just dudes that I know that have just giant wieners that this is just happening to that maybe that's what's going on. Or they're just having way more sex with random people and they're just putting it on too fast or I have no idea. I have no idea either. I've been in a committed relationship so long that I have no idea like I've been gay there you go we don't know we, we don't know. know why condoms are breaking but we're, we're Listen, sure it's a sign these are the questions <laughs> that we're asking a married man and a gay woman what are condoms <laughs> what are condoms and if they break is it a sign is it a sign from the Lord if a condom breaks and your little swimmers it. get inside of a woman and you have a baby is that a sign these are the questions that we are asking today on our show I believe it is a sign we have a new show coming at you. It's about a married man's perspective and a gay woman's perspective. And it's just us asking the world things that we don't understand <laughs> we that we're on the same understand. page about. Like, what's another thing that you and I might not understand together? Oh, that's a good question. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, like, like, is there any questions about men that maybe you have had on your mind that I could maybe clear for you? Or maybe I can ask you as a gay woman, like, mm-hmm. how that works? Because, I, I mean, I got a lot of questions. Well, let me hear one question. What is, I mean, okay, oral stimulation. For a woman? For a woman. Yeah. How does that work? Well, that not that something we would both know? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I have so done that to my this? wife. So how about this? Giving yeah. a blowjob. We both don't know about it. Right. I've never given a blowjob before in my life. I have, and I regret it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because I, slipping out of character, I I used to date men. Right. So, okay. but I have not given a blowjob in a very long time. Right. Neither have you, since church camp. <laughs> What are we dipping into reality? What's happening right now? We have not, in and out of reality. Both of us have not given a blowjob in a very long time. Okay. Both perfect. of us have not had condoms break in a long time. Yeah. Both of us have not. Both of us have not looked at someone in the eye and said, "I'm straight in a long time." <laughs> Exactly. I've, I I can't say that I've looked someone in the eye and just told them yeah. I'm straight. I can't. I I can't think of a time I've said that. I can't think of a time I've said that either. Yeah. My wife questions it. Mm, I I question it. You do. There you go. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. No idea what I'm saying. That's the fun of of wigs and random refs. Wigs. Wigs and random refs. This is a good one. So, so you as when you're younger, you did date men for a little while. Yeah. Um, how long was that period of time before uh, you came out? Um, until I was a junior in college. Okay. So that's like... A, a good run. Yeah. <laughs> we had a good run. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, what was, um, I guess, um, not the tipping point for you, but do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, what was the thing that you're like, I'm like, I'm done. Like... Uh, I have a story. Oh, perfect. Well, that's going to lead us into our final segment called Sax Talk. Oh, Sax Talk. My first time hooking up with a woman. So she was in my 
writing class at NYU. And do I stop for your sax or do you play under me? I'll find the moments, don't worry. About Great. <laughs> and I had a boyfriend at the time. And she also had a boyfriend at the time. And I saw her in class and I, I was like, oh my God, this girl is so gorgeous. And I felt like I thought we were going to be together. And we ended up talking on Facebook. I found her on Facebook and I sent her a message after class. And we exchanged numbers and we were texting. And that night she sent me a message over text. We were up late texting. She said, I feel like I'm falling in love with a guy. And we kept texting, and I had this boyfriend, and she had her boyfriend, and one night she texted me, she said, I'm out right now, and I'm thinking about you. And I said, come over. And she did. And we were in my apartment, and we went into my bedroom, and I said to her, can I kiss you? And we spent all night hooking up. And it was so hot. And I remember, I remember how her hair smelled. This is so feminine. I remember how her hair smelled. And I remember she left at like 4 a.m. And she went back to her boyfriend who she lived with. And she texted me. I can still smell you on me. And she came back over the, the next morning and she came into my room and I was ready to like be with her all day. And she said, we can never do that again. And that was my first brutally painful time hooking up with a woman. break your heart wow yeah it was it was painful that is painful it was really painful especially like if you've been feeling those feelings for like obviously many years and then yeah. finally for it to come to fruition and then be like wait what i yeah. thought this was the new thing thing i know and I, I ended up breaking up with my boyfriend after that and then i started dating women but that was like whoa 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 it was like everything i had ever done was like black and white and i was like everything's in color i was like oh this is this is me i'm yeah, improving with that. that pleasantville moment totally yep. totally um it was crushing when she was like we can't hang out anymore but i was like i needed that experience so do you do you think i mean obviously who knows but do you think she went on to remain a closet person the rest of her life i don't think she's gay she's actually married to that guy right now oh okay and she, I think she had feelings for me and she experimented, but she, I really think she is straight. And I think that was like my, like, I, I don't know. Sexuality to me is like, it really is fluid. Like I believe that she likes her, like loves her boyfriend and is mm -hmm. committed to him. And I also think we had a connection and she explored it. I, I don't think it was, it was so black and white. Yeah. 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 For her. Yeah. That's interesting with, um, I, I've, um, I forget what uh, I feel like this is a stand-up bit that like multiple comics have talked about, but they're like um, how it's easier for women to be considered fluid, totally. where it's like if you hook up with a dude, like people are like, "Dude, you're kind of gay." Yeah, now. like that's like what it is. Yeah, that's we don't allow men to be fluid in their sexualities in the way that we allow women. Right. Um, that's got to be hard for men. If men feel, if men feel if that you feel attracted to the opposite sex in a way that like, you're like, I just want to experiment, but I also don't want what could become baggage or whatever of, you know, of that, of like people finding out or yeah. whatever. I mean, I definitely think it, it, uh, it doesn't inspire men to explore. Right. Well, I think that that's also why I've heard so many of my gay friends say that they've hooked up with 
supposed straight dudes who they say that at the end of the night they're like they they get aggressive they're like don't tell anybody or or like I'll hurt you know what I mean I'll hurt you or what you know what I mean like yeah. that happens a lot like with uh some of my gay friends who've been on dates they say they'll hook up with a dude where that's like literally at a very discreet location and then like they're into it and then as soon as it's over like they find out they have a girlfriend or a wife or whatever and they're like you can't tell anybody about this yeah yeah, yeah. you you watch Euphoria no but uh, my wife doesn't she loves it yeah there's like a one of that uh, storylines is, is gotcha. the married man that is like, you know, hooking with men. I feel like that's almost an archetype at, at this it point. Is. You know it what really I mean? is. Yeah. 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 Well, the culture creates that. So there you go. There you go. There Another you go. saxophone song. <laughs> so I was uh, being fluid the other night. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell my wife. That Don't I'm tell fluid. my wife. Don't tell her. Yeah. Uh, Allie, it's been amazing having you on the, the pod. Is there anything that you'd like to plug before we go? Uh, my pod, the Allie Colbert show. We got to have you on. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thank you. So fun hanging out with you. Yeah. Uh, also check out Allie's stand up. Uh, she's got great appearances on the tonight show and a bunch of other shows. Um, our buddy, uh, uh, Ron Funches and you did a show together. Yeah. Actually, he hit me up to ask you a question that I forgot to ask you. I'm going to ask you this and that's how we'll end this. Okay. That'll be perfect. Okay. Um, oh God! He said, um, "Have her do a scene where she breaks a lamp on her head and bleeds everywhere during a TV taping, but then still does it like a psycho warrior." Yeah. So I was in my dressing room talking about comedians not wanting to call out sick. I was in my dressing room for <gasps> Top Secret Videos, the show we did on True TV. Yes. And, and I Posein's on that too, right? Yeah. And I stood up from my chair and. Was I in a chair? I don't, I somehow hit my head on a lamp. Yeah. And the lamp, it was like a, it had like a glass, like shade essentially around Mm -hmm. it. It was just like one of those glass vase, like looked like a vase and then a light bulb. I stood up, my head shattered the glass. The glass cut in my head and I started bleeding all over my head. It looked like head wounds bleed so much. So like, even though the cut was like as big as my like thumbnail, I was bleeding like I was yes. out of like a horror film. Like you're a wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. And someone came in um my room. I was like this side of my face was was clean. And I was like, um, Sarah, I am um, I'm bleeding. She's like, okay, are you okay? And I was like, I turned around. I was like and she went ah! and she ran out and like we got like the EMTs on set and yeah. like I showered in Ron's dressing room because he had a shower. Right. I didn't <laughs> And it was fine, but it was like really scary. I'll wait outside. You can use my shower. Yeah. Yeah. You can use my shower. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I see that blood is running down your face right now. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you take as much time as you need. Yeah. That's all you in there, girl. Yeah. Just take as much time as you need. I left some Irish spring in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Clean up. Yeah. And then I like patched up and went on with the day, but. Well, uh, call out sick. Guys. You're a warrior. I'm a warrior. That's nice. And of that's him. and that's what you need to know from this podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. And I plan on coming back sometime. All right. We'll have to hang on some. Definitely. <laughs>